And welcome back to another episode of Inside Thoughts Out Loud. My name is Karita. And I'm Chanel. And today we have a special guest, and her name is Allie. Welcome, Allie. <laughs> yes. We're happy welcome. to have you here. Um, you want to share your guys' connection? There's no connection. I don't know her. I'm kidding. No, she's my cousin. She is uh, one of my favorite cousins, one of my favorite people to hang out with. And uh, we decided to have her here because we wanted an uh, impartial opinion from her generation on some of the topics that we're going to go over today. Alicia, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Again. <laughs> so um, we are going to have two topics we're going to talk about. But the first one we're actually is a question we pose on our social media to our followers. If you are not following, please remember to follow us on Instagram. And, and TikTok uh, at Inside Thoughts Out Loud. And we decided to pose the question. Chanel, tell the people what the question was. Yeah, the question. I've got the question. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> what gave you the ick as a child? So I will go over what our followers um, responded to, but I want to know first and foremost what your icks were, and then we'll run into everything else. So Karita, we'll start with you because I know you basically have a book of icks. It's just your whole personality. So let's, let's start with you. Um, yeah. So I think one of my aces as a kid was when you were going to a family outing and like everybody was out together and you were going mm-hmm. across the street and then some old person who you didn't know gave me their little hand and was like, hold my hand. And you're like, no, they're like, hold my hand. So now you're like holding on to this old person's hand who you don't know. Um, and I'm, thing? Yeah, yeah. Like if you're like, you know, oh, we're across the street. Just grab my hand, because you know the adults would hold the hand. Some of the random old person. No, I just said it's like an aunt or an uncle, a part of the family oh, collective. Okay. But you're not like close with them like that to be holding their hands okay. regularly. So then they're like, oh, hold my hand. We're crossing the street, and you're like, no, I don't know you like that. They're like, just oh, hold my gosh. hand. We're just crossing the street. It's for it's for your safety. And I'm just thinking, I don't know what to do with your hand. No. <laughs> That, that always be your mind as a child. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. So you were a germaphobe as a child as well. I wouldn't say I was a germaphobe, but just like how I was super picky with food, I was super picky with the people who I let in my circle, which that hasn't changed. I'm very picky. I don't want to be grabbing any old nasty, raggedy ass person's hand and having them transfer their energy, especially if you're almost knocking on death's door. I don't want to hold your hand. <laughs> The reactions. Oh, I love the reactions. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No, Nothing I'm more... Like... Death's door? We really went that far? Oh, my God. Listen, some old people were just like, hold my hand. I feel like they were trying to suck the youth out of me. So, no, I wasn't holding any old person's hand. <laughs> so, yeah, that was okay. amazing. Okay. Damn. You, mm-hmm. wow. Very specific. I know. know. It's very specific. Poor old people. Damn. Oh, yeah. you're trying to save your life and you're all like, don't touch me, you nasty old crip I'll keeper. go it alone. Exactly those words. I will go crip it alone. Keeper. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> okay, Alicia. Ali, you're next. I only had this one kid that did this, but I just found it utterly disgusting when, like, she had a sandwich and she would eat the mustard, like, she would suck the mustard out of the sandwich. And I was just like, she's like, mm, I just love- and I'm just like, 
wait, 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 wait. What do you oh, mean what? she sucked it out of the sandwich? Like, what do you mean? I'm going to need a visual. Can you? How much mustard is in one sandwich for you to suck it out? I'm concerned. Was it, a, was it a wrap? Or was I it a... Like an actual sandwich. With like a bologna and mustard sandwich and she just looks... Okay, you gotta, you're gotta. you going to have to give me, like, show me what you mean. She's just here and she's just like... Like, I don't even know how... I wonder if her mother knew, and so she's like, "Let me just put yeah, a nice line in the mustard in there, so she can uh, like." That's a weird. That's like, that's like. That's so weird. <laughs> she might as well have just given her mustard in a can and been like, "Here, drink that." Okay, what would have been worse if she had done? Would, would it have been worse if she'd opened the sandwich and was like, eh? or was that more disturbing? Well, that would have been better. That would have been better. I think so. I agree. Then, yeah. Sucking it off the like because then the bread is all moist and nasty. Let's, it was talk, just let's not talk about moist bread. Let's talk about moist bread. I know bread yeah. is naturally moist, but when I was a kid, if you made me a sandwich and you toasted my sandwich and then you sent me to school and the toast was no longer oh, no. toasty, it was now toasty soft. Um, that was an ick for me not eating it. Sorry, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Can't. Okay, you guys are just um. That is an interesting thing. So there was a girl in my school and she used to lick her hand after she ate. <laughs> Instead of washing her hands, she would like no. No. lick it. Yeah, her name was Veronica. I still remember to this names. day. Don't the- expose names. I'm exposing Veronica because Veronica, you nasty. And you did this all throughout elementary school, and your parents should have taught you better. And that's why we were could not be friends, Veronica, because you were Sorry. nasty. Sorry, I'm gonna need you to. I'm gonna need you to set the scene. So it's lunchtime. Lunchtime's over. Everybody's putting their lunch bags away, and you look washing their hands. And, and Veronica's there licking her damn palm from palm to tip, just like lip. yes. And then what? And then what did she do? And then wiping it on her shirt. Oh, she's And then carrying on with her day. I am offended. I am offended by this level of nasty. Okay. It was nasty. It was so nasty. So nasty. And, you know, I really tried to be friends with her for quite some time. But I was like, you're nasty. But, no, you want to know what made it worse? Yes. When the teachers would bring you on a trip and you guys had to be hand in hand outside. You see? You see what I'm saying? Guess right who back. always wanted to hold my hand? You see what I said about holding hands? You see? That's a, that's a double ick. Okay, well, at least you didn't know really what they did with their hands. I tell you right now, she had that whole uh, nasty. Yeah. Okay, what did the people say? Oh, my God. Okay, so the people, we've got, we've got some brutal followers, by the way. We've got Kids with extremely dry elbows and knees. Like, come on, <laughs> use some cream. Yeah, so those uh, Ashy Larrys, get your shit together. Then we've got old people chewing food. <laughs> I wonder who said that. <laughs> I wonder who in this group maybe has an issue with old people. I don't I do not. I do not have an issue. Okay. Kids who had that weird lick line above their lips. I guess your chapped lips from licking it and you had that like you know nasty thing going on. It's when, it's when adults have that. Have you seen an adult with that? 
I have. Yes. It's, it's, it's concerning. I don't even like seeing adults with dry lips, let alone a freaking lip thingy. Just get There's no reason. There's no reason to not moisturize your lips. Okay? Do you not feel it? I, I would feel it. I know when my lips are dry. Mm-hmm. No, because I feel it in movies, and I'm like, who approved of this? Yes, I know, I, it's gross. I, I was watching a movie the other day, and I was, I was just like, please, lick your lip, lick your lip, lick your lip. I couldn't focus <laughs> on the movie. I was just like, lick your bottom lip. <laughs> oh my god, don't get me started. I was watching a movie the other day, and the character, she had an up-close scene, and she had like that white... Oh! That's a lot. And I was like, you guys were recording this, and not one of you thought, hey, maybe we shouldn't put this Makeup. specific scene in the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. call makeup. Get like, that right? right? And oh. it's just that, that white little crusty oh, stuff man. that you had there. Okay, mm-hmm. so back to our people. We've got old men. There. <laughs> That's just the answer, full stop? That's it, full That's stop. That's not me. I, I, didn't, I didn't do that. Right, I didn't yeah, put that one. No, that no. was not you. No. And then I put, like, this kind of old, and I put somebody in a wheelchair, and obviously they agreed. Then we have kids who wore sneakers every day without socks. Okay, yes. yeah. As a kid, I thought, ew. And then <laughs> I responded back, and I was like, and then they took them off in the locker room. Mm. Gross. Or when you had to sit in the circle and everybody had to take their shoes off? You little nasties. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, the nasties. <laughs> so I'm not going to use this next one because we got old people again. I'm pretty sure we had three mentions of old people, which I don't even know. <laughs> Uh, and then we have when other kids wrap fruit roll up on their fingers and sucked it. Ugh. Ugh. Sorry. I just got a weird feeling. So yeah, those were the answers. Do you guys agree with any of those? Several. Do you remember people licking their fingers with the stupid fruit roll up? Uh, definitely. There was a fruit roll up. And do you remember the one that was like, it was similar to fruit roll up, but it had like the shapes and you could pop out the shapes. Um... No, no. Just, oh my god, uh, maybe it was. I definitely remember it. It was like you would get it's like a candy, and you could pop out like shapes of animals, TV figures, and you could see the face, and then you could eat it. And it was very sticky and like would stick to your teeth. The kids in our school would eat those, and then they'd have the the outside frame left over, and then they crumble oh, no. it up, and then yeah, yeah. They'd put it in their mouth, and then they're chewing and they're talking, and because it's so sticky and it would produce mm. saliva. Yeah. walking around like talking and drooling and there's just a mm-hmm. lot of nasty shit that these kids would do <laughs> just like as a, yeah. as a child fellow child I was like go over there go over I there. have a mother and I can tell you guys right now children are disgusting there you go. they are they're disgusting they do the most insane disgusting things you know there's the whole joke of the live laugh love in your house how everybody had live laugh love I had live laugh love on my wall it was a decal and it was right after we had been um, evicted and had been separate separated for a while. And then we came together and we were in this new apartment. And this apartment was horrible, okay? And so I was <laughs> trying my best to maintain a peaceful and grateful outlook while I was literally going through the world. Let me give you a breakdown of what my life looked like in, those mo- in that moment of finally moving into this apartment. Jessica had gotten into university. University went on strike. My boyfriend went to jail. Then I'm pretty sure before he went to jail, he broke into my house. Then I got into a car accident. Then my sister at the time found out she was pregnant. She just graduated high school. So life was lifing. And then I Mm -hmm. was like, ooh, I'm angry. 
I was so angry, but I got a lot of, it could be worse. You could still be separated from your family. You, at least you have a roof over your head together. My bedroom had no furniture. So all of the talk, the, the, the positivity, positivity talk was, I think, a vapid hole of me going down, trying to ignore the reality or kind of bypass yeah. the reality of what my situation was because I felt like if I didn't hold on to positivity and I went down the rabbit hole, then it would just get worse. But at the same time, it became a game of avoidance. It became a yeah. game of not. I was just going to say. Yeah. Like I was not, I was on my computer all the time. Cause I was looking at anything and everything to block recognizing and being real about my situation. And I think that for me, is where toxic positivity is at its height. Yeah. yeah. Because people are also telling you that this is the right way to live your life. Yeah. But it is a lot of practicing avoidance. When when you say all those things or when you do those things, or when you ignore them, but now I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, how can I balance that out? How can I be positive and also sit with my feelings, sit with the shit that's going on. Because if you don't sit with it or process it or figure out how you got there to begin with, you can't really change anything. You might not get immediate results from making those changes, but at least if you sit with it and you process it, you know what is happening and what you want to be different, then you can work through that. And then the next steps will get better and easier over time. But if you're just ignoring it, be like, oh, it's fine. You know, like that, that meme with the, the, that little dog in the room and it's on fire Yeah, and the dog's sitting there and they're like, it's fine. Yeah. It's all fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Exactly. That's the epitome of like trying to pretend like the house burning down behind you. It's just, it's just a nice fire on a summer day. It's not, it's no big deal. Yeah. And I, I honestly think that for me, understanding how. And they don't think twice about it. I live with one. So anyways, on that topic, <laughs> what's, uh, what's our topic of today, Karina? Today we're talking about toxic positivity versus, I guess, realism, being a realist, and how toxic positivity has affected, I think, the way we look at the world and how it's affected mm-hmm. us individually. <clears throat> so how would you define define toxic positivity alicia you answer okay 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 so how i would okay so i'll start then with this one how i would describe it as you know toxic positivity i would say um that person who even if you actually have like a genuine complaint they tell you to be positive or you know they'll say Just like when you're talking about realistic situations. Yeah, like you're talking about realistic situations that are happening. You're not a toxic person or you're not a negative person. You're just having a negative experience that you want to share. And that person who is all about positivity just wants you to avoid it altogether so that they feel good. So there's a lot of that on, you know, social media, especially with... um, you know, people that are, I guess they consider themselves to be gurus on, on Facebook and, and Instagram, they'll say things all the time that are very much like, oh, you know, like just be positive or, or, you know, 
think think positive thoughts about this person when they're genuinely doing something that's bad. And so I'm saying like, how do we practice being positive, but also at the same time, being accountable, being honest, and also not avoiding the negative feelings just because someone says, you know, just be positive all the time, the Karens. So I think, so that's what I'm talking about. When I think of toxic positivity, I think, uh, I think of, you know, the people who were like, oh, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, if Mm -hmm. if someone does you dirty, turn the other cheek. They've got all of the uh, happy-go-lucky quotes on kind of like a reel. And anytime you express that something difficult or problematic or frustrating or small, even minute, that's going on in your life. Well, it could be worse. You could be dead. Yep. You know, there, there's always a, a rebuttal. Look at the how, silver lining. Good right. vibes only. Exactly. <laughs> there's always a rebuttal to how life can be better or how that, that how there's always a rebuttal to you, your response to a difficult thing that life could be worse. So take it with a grain of salt and move on. But when I can tell you right now, when I was in the middle of planning my, my wedding and I realized my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer, if someone had said to me in the midst of me crying and being upset at the fact that, you know, a moment of my life that was supposed to be happy, exciting, was sort of kicked in the gut. If somebody said to me, well, it could be worse. I think I probably would have slapped them across the face Oof. because not every moment in life requires the positivity in that moment. I mm-hmm. think people need to recognize, I think now more than ever, that positivity is valuable and is something that we should all try to maintain. But mm-hmm. as my therapist said, if you feel an emotion, acknowledge that emotion, sit with that emotion, allow that motion to sort of go through its whatever mo- you know motion it needs to go to for you to get to the other side of it, rather than me trying to be like, oh, 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 oh I'm angry, but I have a home. No shit show yeah. Like yeah. that's besides the point. In this moment, I'm allowed to be angry about something, especially things on the more, you know, tough side of life or traumatic side or problematic side. Like even like a, a nasty coworker. Sure, you could positively ignore that, but there's never a reason to ignore your emotions. You know what I'm saying? And I think yeah, for, whether they're positive or negative. Like, yeah. And I think for our generation accepting where you're at in life and what's happening in life leads to healing it took me so long to Mm -hmm. heal from the trauma of eviction and this and that and then you know everything that's happened since because I realized the 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 positive memes and the this and the that was not getting me anywhere especially Mm -hmm. in in respects to healing and understanding and being honest about you know what life looks like and kind of Allowing myself to feel angry and sad and mad and then pass those emotions. I think healing yeah. is, is why it's important to be real about where you're at in life. Um, and I'm curious for Ali, how has it shown up for you? I guess I wouldn't say in, based on your age, but just in your experience in your life, how has toxic positivity been an issue or have you, how have you seen it? So I kind of felt attacked when you guys were talking because I'm just like, I am a chronic avoider. So oh. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was just going to say, actually, Alicia is an avoider. I was just, I didn't want to put it out there, but yeah. Okay. 
Um, Alicia, like you can give an example of, you know, during COVID, remember you were spiraling? Yeah, my COVID was not it for me because I was just used to being like, go, go, go. And then just to go from like absolutely like going to nothing was just like chaotic. So I was like losing my mind and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I even came to stay with me for a few times. Yes. No, she literally said her life was over. Like, yeah. over. She's like, my life is over. And I was like, it's just like a little pause here. And she's like, no, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. I should just drive off of a bridge. <laughs> okay, when you say, like, was it because you're used to kind of being a, a go, go, go kind of person and COVID forced you to yeah. sit still? Oh, okay. Yeah, I had uh, so many things that was like leading up to like, I was like two weeks away from like the worst weeks of my life, like mm. ending. So like, I was like, uh, it was like midterms at school and all that stuff. So I just had two more weeks and then everything closed. Like the last two weeks, I had all my fun stuff planned and all my exams would be over. And mm. then we were closed. And I was like, okay, fine, like two weeks. And then two weeks turned into like, oh, you got to leave school. So and mm. that was just like really hard to deal with, especially since I had like a lot to look forward to, I think um because it was so close I think that's what it was it was just so close and then it was just taken away okay so in respects to you feeling like you were coming out of a dark place and you're about to be in like your winning girl era and then to have COVID kind of knock you off your feet did you and I mean I don't think anybody during COVID was like oh it could be worse because we were like we don't know if we're gonna die if we go outside <laughs> So I don't think yeah. that there was any toxic positivity, but I guess my question is, how yeah. did you, aside from the spiral portion, did you find your way out of that difficult mindset during COVID? Honestly, I don't even remember. I was just shopping throughout COVID. Um, I didn't do anything. I would wake up, open my computer, shop, 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 close the computer, go to sleep. Like that's how I cope with COVID, to be honest. So you spent a lot of time practicing avoidance. I wouldn't say toxic positivity. Just say you're just going to avoid it until you feel good. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. But I would say like, I kind of, I don't know. To me, like, maybe it's because I'm an avoider though. To me, I... I think I have to put myself in that situation where I'm just like, it could be worse so that I get out of it. So, um, yeah, so I kind of have to, because if I don't, I will just sit there and be like, well, this just fucking sucks and it's never going to get better. So I think for mm -hmm. me, it's not necessarily like toxic positivity to me, but I can understand how it would be for other people. But I, yeah. I do, avoid, but I have gotten a lot better at like managing my avoidance. So I'm not as, so like you, do, you learn to balance it then, right? Yeah. Was there a time? Was there a time in your life where you were not able to balance it, right? Where it was just so overwhelming that you were 100% avoidant? Oh, 100%. Like all throughout COVID. All throughout COVID. Honestly, throughout school, you could ask my mom. She's like, you're not going to school again because you are the worst person in school. Like, I'm just a big mess. Like, I'm just stressed out all the time, like always crying, mental breakdown once a week, maybe three times a week. Like it was just bad because like school is just so stressful. So, yeah. Hmm. So what I'm getting from what you're saying is that it's almost like not toxic positivity, but a form of positivity was valuable for you to get out of whatever darkness you were experiencing at sometimes outside of COVID, I'm going to say. It's mm -hmm. almost like yeah. a level of positivity. There was value in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So at any point mm -hmm. in time, 
outside of COVID, where did you ever feel like the positivity vibe was too much? Like someone was doing too much? Did you ever encounter anyone around you who was overly positive when you were just, and you were just like, okay, that's too much? Or did you find value in it? I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I feel like I found value in it. Um, because I feel like once I've changed my mindset on certain things, then I can be more grateful. I think if I started to have, I think once I started to have an attitude of gratitude more, mm-hmm. I'm a lot more appreciative of all the little things. Like something that I really don't ever take into, uh, for granted anymore is like getting to my destination and arriving safely because I was in two car accidents in four months. And then if you see the GTA driving, like you're honestly so blessed to be alive every time you make it out. So yeah. 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 I think what Ellie's giving us is an example of real positivity. Yeah. That's not, that's not an example of definitely not toxic positivity. That's more like you're being realistic and you're trying to think about the positive aspects, but it's not to avoid the negative. It's to encourage you to focus on the positive, which is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's almost like uh, there's, I think there's a fine line between toxic positivity and positivity, knowing that, like she said, like going through something, like I was in three car accidents and I didn't drive. Mm -hmm. It delayed my driving experience and driving journey by years. And so every Mm -hmm. time, and I have like an angel thing hanging in my, um, on my rear view. So anytime I'm getting in my car, I grab it because it's like an angel prayer and it has little angels dangling. And I always say a little prayer. And then when I get somewhere similar to you, I give thanks because, you know, of what I've experienced that to someone might be like, oh, you're still kind of focused on the past. So you're still giving gratitude for that. Mm. And they might deem that toxic positivity because, well, you know, you're still focused on the fact that you were in an accident. Whereas I and Ali might say my gratitude is simply because I still have life and I've reached my destination. Mm -hmm. Right. Reaching my destination safely is a reason to give thanks and glory however you want to say it um so i'm starting to kind of recognize now that toxic positivity might be subjective it might be based on where you are in life what you've experienced and how you choose to look at when positivity is too much versus Mm -hmm. when it's just right because when ali said she's an avoider so it's either positivity or not that kind of made me realize okay so how are we how are we really looking at the spectrum of positivity? Because yeah, clearly it's not, it's not definitive on what and when it becomes toxic. It's based on the person. I think that's a really interesting sort of kind of conversational events. I did not see that coming. (laughs) It's like, and I think it's also like when you're talking to certain people, I think Mm -hmm. it's also about reading the room. Like, Mm -hmm. um, but with that situation that you said, like, I would never, like, if you said, like, six things went wrong, I would never be like, oh, it could be ten times worse. Like, I would never, you know what I mean? But there are, there people, are people that are like that. that. That's the thing. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I also, I experienced, like, I think multiple bad things happening where my health, like, I got bacterial endocarditis. My heart was failing. My lungs were failing. I was in the hospital. I had to do treatment for like two months every single day, outpatient treatment. And I remember I also, you know, full-time I'm a mom. I have to do all these things. And I remember someone saying, well, at least you have your life. And I was like, I'm literally drowning right now. Like I can hardly get up with enough time to 
swim because the the waves are hitting me one after the next. Like like I can't even get up, and that person's like, "Oh well, at least you're alive." I'm like, yeah. I didn't need to hear that. that. I am. I'm grateful to be alive, but right now, what I'm experiencing feels like I'm drowning. Like I've lost the air from my lungs, and you're just like, "But you're still alive." Yeah. Or or someone said to you, "Oh well, at least you're you're in Canada, so your healthcare is free." Oh, I did get that. I got that um, as well. See, that was my concern because especially with the whole being in the hospital stint, then you hear that. Well, it could be worse. You could be paying thousand dollars. I don't want to be here. Like, what are mm-hmm. you talking about? This is yeah. not a in that moment. Yeah. yeah. In that moment, when you're experiencing what you're experiencing, that's not what you need to hear. Because people also, when they hear you, some people, not all people, some people will hear you express something that's going on in your life that feels like a lot. And I've had friends like this too in the past where they've just been like, you'll be fine. It's okay. Don't worry. But, but not understanding, like you could just hold space for somebody, let them tell you their experience and know that if you, especially if you're close with that person, you know, they're not a negative person, you know, they're not someone who likes to victimize themselves, but that person's actually processing some pretty deep shit. And you could just say, you know, I'm sorry that that's happening to you. And that's all you have to say. But there's some people who they can't do that. They're just or, like, oh, yeah. This is crazy to me. There are the people you know, who. Go ahead, love. No, no, go ahead. I was just thinking, cause, um, like you know, Grandma. Because remember when I got in my two accidents, Grandma's just like, I was like bawling, and Grandma's mm-hmm. like, don't cry, don't cry, and I was just like, maybe mm-hmm. like it literally happened yesterday. Like oh, my wow. car, I just my car, mm-hmm. and so that time like my feelings were very valid and I had every right to feel those feelings and she just kind of like it's like your my feelings were invalidated and that's the kind of yeah. thing like sometimes you just need to hold that space for someone to feel what they're feeling and mm-hmm. like how are you supposed to process it if you don't feel it so yeah and that's an that's actually a really good example because she has a tendency to do that a lot mm-hmm. But if you were like three months into it, still sitting in the fetal position, crying about it, then she could say, hey, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't cry about this or maybe you should do this or people can start to do that. But when you're in that moment, this thing just happened to you. It's like they're so uncomfortable with you feeling because they refuse to feel that they have to invalidate that feeling. There's like a weird thing with that, especially with the adults in our lives. I know our aunts and won't even go over that stuff it's like sometimes it's like they're so uncomfortable I'm not gonna expose I'm just saying like sometimes they're so uncomfortable with mm-hmm. hearing an emotion and a feeling that it's just like they gotta you know deflect or invalidate you so I took two things from what um you guys were saying the first thing is is that a lot of the times I find especially if people feel like the things that they've experienced in their lives are harder than what you're going through, mm-hmm. then that mm-hmm. statement will pop up that don't cry. It's okay. And they kind of lose empathy or sympathy or patience for your, your experience of pain, your experience of suffering. So it's interesting that, you know, someone has said to you the day after you experienced what to you was a traumatic experience. Don't cry. Huh? Mm-hmm. She wasn't the only one who told you not to cry. I remember there's a lot of people telling you not to cry. That's insane to me. But when people, like you said, when people get uncomfortable with someone else going through the motions of their pain, it's almost like their positivity will come through 
And it's almost a form of shutting you up. You know, you're, you're alive. You still have, you could still walk, you know, you got out of the car. Yeah. All of that is valid. I am aware, but I am still shaken and shook to my core. So I am allowed to feel uncomfortable. I am allowed to cry from sheer fear of almost losing my life, but Mm -hmm. not everybody can kind of, like you say, hold space for other people's discomfort and it's interesting because as adults you know they always say oh you gain patience as you get older you learn to um be uncomfortable with the uncomfortable yet you can't find that to extend to to a loved one knowing that had the roles been reversed and someone said to you don't cry you might have popped the blood vessel been like what you mean don't cry my car is totaled i cannot close my eyes without hearing the car screeching i am experiencing trauma physical mental and emotional trauma but when the roles are reversed it's this response of it's okay you're here still we'll we'll do a prayer over you and we'll let you go off but quietly cry and it's like damn <laughs> no, it's rough. It is rough. And you know what? I didn't even want to say this, but it is is prevalent in the black community. Yes. It is. They've had it worse. So none of that shit matters. What do you mean? You're hurting? Like get up. You don't you didn't break any bones. You're okay. Yeah, your car's totaled. You got a roof over your head. Like they really just cannot be okay with you processing feelings because it's they're so uncomfortable with it. Or it shows up in, I remember when I, and then they tell a story about them. And now you feel like, oh, because you, in your version of your story, you bucked up and you went out the next day and got back in your car immediately and drove. Now you're trying to diminish my response and how I choose to deal with it. I, like I said, when I got into those car accidents, that was all other people's faults. I didn't drive. I didn't get my G2 up until literally 2019. Mm-hmm. I let it expire because I was dealing with my own trauma of driving, even though I wasn't behind the wheel. And I've had yeah. so many people be like, oh, I was in a car accident and my dad made me go out the next day and drive. That's wonderful for you. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that you had somebody to encourage you to do that. My mom told me to drink some juice, don't go to sleep because she was afraid I had a concussion. And then the next day I was allowed to be in my feelings. And it's just yeah. like, where do... Why do people, and I think that this is not just old people or black people, I think a lot of people, why do we feel the need to, in response to someone's struggle, respond with our experience and how we, you know, what they say, laced up my bootstraps and went back at it. I don't give a shit right now, man. I don't care. I feel like I don't want to get off my couch for the next week and give me the week. Now, if it goes on to two, then we can talk about it. Don't talk about how. I'm processing. Now I, I need you to help me get through that. I need you to assist me in my processing, but don't try to invalidate how I choose to deal with my pain and suffering. I think that's the hardest thing for everybody. Yeah. And that's why I told you, Ali, remember I said to you, like the, the fear of driving and all that stuff was completely normal. hundred percent. Because I remember there was someone on the phone telling you, you're okay. That's it's fine. We'll just fix the car. You'll be good. It doesn't matter. And I'm just like, you might never feel comfortable behind the wheel of that car again for the rest of your life because you have like, it's a normal response. And people think like when I was young, 19, I got hit by a car. Right. 
and I couldn't walk for like three years. I had to completely rehabilitate myself to walk again. And because I wasn't in a car, people thought that my fear of driving didn't make sense. But I was like, no, that honk sound that happened right before I got hit, that's in my head. So when someone honks at me, you know, my heart stops. Mm. instantly so even when I was learning to drive again and everyone was so like oh you should have your full license by now you should be here and I'm like I want to do this but I literally escape my body the moment someone honks at me or you know the long honk that long like and I'm just like I feel my body leaving because I'm scared and you should not want someone like that on the freaking roads (laughs) you shouldn't want me to be behind the wheel of a car when I escape my body from fear, when that happens, I think people what, have a hard time understanding that. What what I'm kind of what comes up to me is it's it's, it's a selfish response when you hear someone explaining their difficulty around processing something. It's almost like hmm. they want to say, "I gave her that advice, and now she's fine." It's like this, like, mm-hmm. like, like I, I told her to, you know, drive the next day and she did and she's fine. It's almost like this, like, hero, what do they call it? Um, I can't remember the term. Gonna, like, it's like Captain Sabaho. Like, you want to be the one who was like, ha ha, I got her to do that. I, d- I said those encouraging stupid words from every board you find in winners. <laughs> I gave her that quote. And on that day, she got up and I did it. Shut, <laughs> shut, yeah. shut the hell up. <laughs> No. And then she and then she went home and went to sleep and had numerous nightmares. Right. Then you're not. Are you <laughs> claiming she decided that? not to process it? Yeah, she decided <laughs> not to process it. So she's now she's just having nightmares. <laughs> That's crazy. But are there any other examples that you can think of, Alicia, with like nowadays? Because I know you had some stuff happen with work and jobs and just dealing with difficult personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very much um, everything happens for a reason type bitch. So <laughs> um, if I, even if I don't know like what the reason behind it is, I still believe that it happened for whatever re- reason, whether the reason was I was an idiot in that circumstance. I mm-hmm. like that something just kind of keeps me going. And um, I don't know. That definitely happened with growth because you weren't always like that. I wasn't. This is more of like a recent thing. I think, I think the more I go through, the more I try to like find a lesson in it. And so I try not to like, like, yes, life happens. And I try not to think it as life happens to you. Like it happens for you. So Mm -hmm. now I understand that like everything that happened in my life had to kind of happen. Like even my car accident, like I got a new car out of it. Okay. So like, even though it like, wasn't like the happiest path for me, um, everything that happened in my life has happened and made me into the person that I am and it shaped me and I was supposed to go that way to lead me to where I am today. So I love that. You know how yeah. long it took me to even think about that? Probably <laughs> my early thirties is when I was like, okay, I see what's happening here. <laughs> Having a talk with God or the universe and being like, uh, okay, I could see why you didn't give me that at that time when I wanted it, I can see why it's happened now. I can see why, you know, even when you meet certain people, right? Mm -hmm. For example, Krita, I would have never met you if I had taken another job somewhere else, or maybe I would have met you years from now, but we wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't taken the job that I'm at right now. And whether I stay there long-term or I stay there 
or you stay there, whatever the case is, I got to meet somebody really great. Right. So I, I got something great from that situation. And so now that's also how I process things is like, even if I'm there for five minutes, there was someone there that I needed to meet. There was someone there that I needed to connect with. There was someone there um, on that path that I was supposed to go on, even if it was short term. I love this. This is, I think what we've done is actually, you know, talk about what toxic positive positivity can look like. But we've Mm -hmm. also given a number of examples of what real positivity can look like realistic positivity, which is kind of what we were doing. We were attempting to compare what does toxic positivity look like versus realistic positivity. And I, I love that we kind of embody each in our own individual ways, how we can acknowledge the difficult parts of our journeys, you know, accept what they were. And like, you, like Ali said, take lessons from them and allow it to, and like you said, you said, Janelle, make us realize that okay i needed to go through this for and that there was a reason without just it being like this like stamp of you know you gotta fall down three steps to get up for some generic (laughs) bullshit it's much more realizing in my in my journey in my experience i believe that this happened for a b and c and not generalizing it to everyone else's journey because i think Mm -hmm. that probably you could argue is a toxic positivity it's just the generic mm-hmm. quotes that you apply to everybody in every situation and you kind of put your stamp of positivity on and you walk away whereas yeah. if someone exp- explains to you know their situation to Ali that they got into a car accident and she says well you know I definitely know how you feel and go through those emotions but and you could even say almost laughingly I got a new car out of mine so I'm grateful for that because I might not have otherwise or whatever I learned I met Chanel and we started the podcast and we had both been wanting to start podcasts individually before we met. So it's almost like a realistic example of coming from a negative to a positive. I think I like that. Those, those are the true, those are the healthy positive examples that you can share with people in your life rather than just being like, you know, what I don't, I don't even know some of the dumb crap that's said anymore listen you know how Ali just said everything happens for a reason right yeah that is actually a toxic positivity example however the way you presented it right context was not toxic no it was really you just saying in your experience in your life everything that has happened to you has happened for a reason. How she's choosing to see it. is That's how you're choosing to see it because that's been your experience. But you would never say that to somebody else because you're not in their experience. You don't really know why that happened to them. Only they would know once they get through it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, not everybody, like I've, someone fell down the stairs and busted their whole leg up and they're in a cast. You don't want to hear everything happens for a reason. Why? Why did I fall down the stairs? <laughs> Tell me what was the reason that I'm in this like, right now? No value. Tell me what was the reason? <laughs> what was the reason? No value. Okay. As Cardi said, what was the reason? Exactly. Like telling me I, somebody pushed me and I fell down the stairs and I'm in this cast now. And I'm supposed to be like, there was a reason. Shut Shut up. I don't shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Like shut unless up. you're talking about yourself. I fell down the stairs, but I know it happened for a reason. Or you <laughs> say I fell down the stairs, but and so I had to quit my job and I hated my job anyway, and it allowed me to start my passion project. That yeah. is the context and the value behind it. But if you just say <laughs> everything happened for a reason, I'm gonna backhand you and lift my ass away because you just saying some shit just to say some shit. 
just to say some shit. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I appreciate this conversation. I think that there was definitely a fine a balance of examples of what toxic positivity versus I'm going to, I'm not going to say realist realism. I'm going to say positivity with context, because I think mm-hmm. that is where we truly see the value of sharing a positive moment with somebody is when you connect it to your journey and even not necessarily your journey, but trying to say, listen, this is a shitty moment. I, I understand you. I validate your feelings, feel what you're feeling. I know in my experience, I had A, B, and C happen and thus C, right? And I can only hope that that is what you come away from this. But if you don't, again, you're still valid in your feelings. Yeah, I'm still going to say that I know why you're feeling what you're feeling and I understand it and I want you to keep feeling it until you're ready to get the hell up out of that Yeah, when you're ready. Yeah. Wow. I agree. Well, well what, how many minutes are we in? I don't know. 43. I can't see shit right now. Um, For real. <laughs> I personally just want to say that I've always been known as the the positive girl. You can go on my Facebook. I was the girl who had all the positive quotes in her uh, on her Facebook page and on her uh, what's that stupid thing called the the the, the photo above your Facebook page. I, it was always a positivity oh, quote. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but I decided that my positivity was truly connected to hope, and I mm-hmm. used hope to get through. You know homelessness, my mom having breast cancer, going through hard times at work, going through hard times in relationship, I held on to hope. So that's, I might, to the outside world looking in, I might seem like a toxic positivity person, but I've had my fair share of shit. And Mm -hmm. what I think we can take from what we've all shared today is that knowing when and where to share the truth of your experience and with who and when is really the difference between being or being perceived as a toxic positive person versus a person who has positive vibes because of the context of their situation. And yeah. I can only like hope room. Right. And I can only hope that whatever people take from this podcast episode is that maybe there isn't really toxic positivity. It's really just the spectrum and how you present your positivity. And if you're in a room full of people and they've all been sprayed with a skunk, don't say to them, well, at least you can shower it off. Because in that moment, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> gives a shit. I think, I think we'll wrap up the episode here. Okay. If you liked the episode, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Let us know what your idea of toxic positivity versus positivity with context, what that looks like for you. I guess we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, guys. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.